find the story in the book of Genesis. See you guys this morning. How are you doing? Okay. Book of Genesis. Right towards the end. You can find the story of Joseph around chapter 30. Where does it start? Around 37. That's where it kind of starts, right there. Beautiful. Let's pray. We'll get into it so you guys can remember that, okay? Father God, thank you for bringing us here this morning. Teach us your word. Help us all to live accordingly to what we learned today. Father God, be with us in this service and teach us your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so some of the things that I I just want to talk to you guys about is just some principles, you know, for leadership. For those of you guys who want to be in leadership and do great things for God. And Joseph's story gives us a great example of what we can do to be great leaders, to stand out, to accomplish great things. Now, if you haven't read the story of Joseph, you should read all the way from chapter 37 this week, all the way, I believe it's to the end of the book of Genesis, which should be about chapter 50. So chapter 37 to chapter 50 is the whole story of Joseph. So I'm just going to give you the highlights because obviously we don't have time to read whatever that is, 12 chapters, well, that'd be 22 chapters, 50, what's that, 13, thank you. Okay, so what I'm going to do is highlight it. Hopefully some of you have already heard some of the things that we're going to be talking about. So the first thing is that we realize is that Joseph gets a dream. Everybody say a dream. So Joseph gets a dream in chapter 37, and what is that dream telling him? That dream is telling him that all of his brothers and his father and mother are going to bow down before him, okay? So he gets this dream of like uh, bean stalks or whatever, uh, grain stalks, bowing down to him. Now, to make this even different, you can just put up my mic a little. It's like weird. I mean, we're just doing this for the recording, but it's just weird holding it if I don't hear myself. It's a little preacher's thing going on. So he um, he has this dream, but then his dad also gives him a coat of many colors. So Joseph is one of many brothers. He gets a coat that none of his brothers have, and now he has a dream that all of his brothers and his mom and dad are going to bow down to him. So that's going to make him stand out now. Now, what does he do with this dream? He goes and he tells everybody that you're going to go bow down to me one day. Now, the Bible says that Joseph is a young man, so he just, he doesn't think anything of it. He goes up to his brothers and he says, hey, I had a dream and stars bowed down to me. These grain stalks bowed down to me. And I think the interpretation of that dream is that you're going to bow down to me. And then his dad gives him this coat. So then what's the reaction that the brothers have? That's right, jealousy. So they beat him up, and they throw him in a pit, and they sell him to uh, Ishmaelite slave traders who then sell him as a slave in Egypt. So everybody say a pit. Write that on your notes today, pit. So what did Joseph have? Joseph had a dream. 
And what was the first encounter in his dream is that people got jealous. So let me ask you, those of you here, and hopefully everybody here wants to be a leader, do you have a dream from God? Does everybody here have a dream? I want you to write it down right now. What is your dream? What are the three things? Put three things quickly on your paper that you know that God is going to do in your life. Put up our vision, please, for us, Andrew. This is the dream and vision for our church. We're going to see 100,000 souls in Chicago. We're going to see 50 churches planted here. 500 around the world. That's a dream, isn't it? There's three things right there for me. Bam, I'm, I'm satisfied right there. I could pause right there. But what about a dream about a family? What about a dream for your job? What about a dream for your education? So what I'm going to teach you right now doesn't just apply in church. It's going to imply, apply in every part of your life. So what are three dreams in your life? You can make it all ministry right now, but I also want you to be thinking while I'm teaching you this to apply it to your life. Because I don't get to follow Ricky on his job, Rachel or David. I don't get to follow you you guys, Belle, Yvette. But you guys should have dreams on your job, dreams in your family. What do you want to accomplish? Okay? What do you want to accomplish in life? Now, what's the first reaction that people have towards Joseph? Jealousy. And jealousy led these men to throwing Joseph down in a pit. So here's the thing. The first thing that you're going to experience when you have a dream is you're going to experience persecution. You're going to show up at your job and you're going to say, hey, I have a dream that I'm going to sell the most cars or the most product here. I'm going to be the best police officer. And if you say that dream to enough people, guess what? People are going to get jealous. And you've got to be careful how you share your dreams. You know, when I first started sharing this dream, people just thought I was crazy. But do you know that now we have advertisements on Facebook that click up. It's already been up 50,000 times, more than that, around 70,000 times. And it says, wanted, on fire pastors, connect, mentor, send, click on this if you want to learn about starting a revolution. We've already had about close to 100 hits. And out of those 100 hits, somebody has contacted me already from Anderson, Indiana, saying, I want you to come and start a church out there. Now, i got to investigate it, amen. i got to put some time and work into this. But we already have people right now saying, we want it. We're going to do it. We have right now 29 churches in India, three in Mexico. Well, where did that start? That started with me saying God gave me a dream, and people began to persecute me. So his brothers threw him in a pit. So when you have a dream, it's not always going to go good for you. Now, if you continue on with the story, the Bible says that he gets to Egypt, and this man named Potiphar buys him. And you can just kind of mark this down as we're going along. If you can follow, that would be cool. And Potiphar buys him, and he becomes a slave in Potiphar's house. So everybody say Potiphar. You're going to learn a whole bunch of P's today. So he goes from the pit now to Potiphar's house. And what happens in Potiphar's house is that Potiphar's wife sees sexy old Joseph and begins to start coming on to him. Now Joseph could have compromised and had sex with Potiphar's wife, and have gotten himself some instant promotion. He could have tried to make things happen for himself by having sex. 
But he didn't compromise. And what ended up happening was the lady, when she hit on him one other time, the last time she hit on him, she tried to pull off his clothes. The Bible says that he ran out the room naked. He just had like a loincloth on. And she pulls on his clothes. And here he runs and the clothes come off. And then she's got his clothes and she feels played. And she says, he tried to rape me. So what's the second thing that you have to learn when you're holding on to a dream is never compromise. There may be things in your job when people come up to you and they say, hey, I know how you can make these sales a little bit faster. Nancy's boss at Parkway Bank began to smudge the, uh, the sales records to make himself look better. Him and a couple other people, and about three of them got fired. Am I telling the truth, Adolfo? You remember when she told you about that? About three of them at Parkway Bank. So you're not just talking about shady drug dealers trying to compromise to get ahead. You got executives at a bank that began compromising to get ahead. What you're going to see when you have a dream is that the devil is going to send people your way to try to get you to compromise that dream. Let's say the young people right here, you're going to say, I'm going to go to college. You may have some of your friends that may try to distract you and keep you from going to college. They may try to distract you. Some of you here are going to do great things on your job. You may have your best friend on the job, the best friend that you talk to on lunch break, try to distract you from your dream. I know as a pastor that I've had people try to get me to compromise. And the things they've told me is, oh, you don't have to preach on discipleship or you don't have to do that much outreach or you you shouldn't have to really preach that much against sin just compromise a little bit and you'll get more people so you see what happens is that when we have a dream not everything goes right because this man had a dream was it from god yes did god tell him that his family would bow down to him did his, did god show him that yes but what's the first thing he gets thrown into a pit he's persecuted what's the next thing he is lied about he's put into temptation he has to fight against that in Potiphar's house. And then guess what happens? It goes from bad to worse to crazy bad now. Because now Potiphar comes home, finds out that his wife is saying these lies about Joseph. And now where does he put Joseph? What's a P word? Prison. Everybody say prison now. Put it down. Number three, prison. And then Joseph gets sent to prison. Now, this was a young man. He didn't do anything wrong. All he did was say, hey, I have a dream. And people persecuted him. People lied about him. And then now he's in prison. And guess what happens while he's in prison? He meets two people, two people who work for Pharaoh. Who are these two people? Does anybody know? There you go. Cupbearer. And the baker. And guess what happens while he's sharing a bunk with Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker? Those two men have what? So now in prison, these two men have dreams. What does Joseph do? He interprets the dreams. What's the next thing that you're going to learn when you have a dream? Sometimes before your dream comes true, you've got to help other people's dreams come true. <clears throat> Amen. Come on. So here... Joseph is in jail. Somebody has a dream, and now he's interpreting their dreams. One of them is 
you're going to get killed. The other one is you're going to go back to your place of position. You're going to go back to your honorable place next to Pharaoh. And he says, don't forget me when you get there. So he makes his dream come true. He describes it in detail. What does this teach us? That you have to learn to make other people's dreams come true. Let's say right now you're working at a company and you want to be the best at the company. Well, you're going to have to make sure that your boss, your manager, his goals get accomplished before your goals. Let's say you work as a nurse on the nursing floor and you want to be the best nurse. You're going to have to make sure that that floor, that head nurse looks good. You just can't go out for number one. Joseph didn't just say, well, I'm just going to do whatever makes me get ahead. I'm just going to do what benefits me. No, he started helping other people accomplish their dreams. And take, for example, right now in the church. We're having missionaries in other countries, but what did I do for three years from our very first service? I supported TISA. For three years, we would put, everybody remembers this who is here, TISA would be up. They're going to put up our churches, please, brother. Tisa's picture would be there, amen? And we would say, let's give to Mozambique. And we would say, let's give to Irish Ministries. Let's give to them. And we gave to Irish Ministries for three years. I helped make their dreams come true. I said, you know what? I'm not going to just think about myself. I'm going to help my dreams come true. And I told them, too. I told them, just like Joseph told them, I said, don't forget about me when we get there. I said, because one day we're going to start planning our own churches. I said, one day we're going to start doing this too. And she said, amen, we're going to pray for you that that will happen. And then look, suddenly, six months ago, all of this opens up. And, and by the way, not only did I get a click from the Facebook from a guy from Anderson, and I believe he's a teacher because he left his, his school that he works at, if I understood his email correctly already, but I got an email this week from another pastor from India that saw our information. So you're talking this week alone, there's two more possibilities of churches joining with Metro Praise just, just right now. And so that's going to start multiplying and multiplying. And those of you who are praying for the Metro Re- Revolution, I want you to keep on praying. And it's very, very simple. We're praying that God starts a revolution of church planning and a revolution of missionary work all over this country and world. Amen? And also today we have a very special prayer that we're going to have to do, and I'm going to get it to Andrew. Pastor Amit is going to northern India. Northern India is right by all the Muslim nations there. That's right by Pakistan, Afghanistan. I mean, when we flew there and back to India, we flew over Iraq. We flew over Afghanistan, okay? Well, he's going to the very top of uh, India to a place called Orissa that has already been persecuted this month. And we're going to show you the video. And he's going up there to meet with pastors and to encourage them. You know, first of all, encourage them and love on them. And then he's going to start seeing if they want to join with us in Metro Praise. And we got 500 books right now in the, the, I think it's the Urdu language of India. And I'm going to show you the book today that we got published. It's a beautiful book. The, two, uh, the 101 is in that language right now. 500 copies. Amen. And so he's going all the way up to northern India. Okay, so all of this is going on. Why? Because we said three and a half years ago, I want to make somebody else's dream come true. So now think about Joseph. He's in uh, the prison, and here he is telling about other people's dreams. That's what you need to learn. Now, what's the fourth thing? Fourth thing is eventually that man, the cupbearer, does remember Joseph, tells Pharaoh when Pharaoh has dreams, I know a man that needs to come up here and tell you the dream. So the fourth place is Pharaoh's palace. 
Pharaoh's palace. So Joseph goes from the pit to Potiphar to prison to Pharaoh's palace. And when he comes before Pharaoh, Pharaoh says, this man has the spirit of the gods upon him. He was impressed. And you know what happened at this point? Joseph had success. And you know what he did? He gave God the honor. Everybody put that there. Give God the honor. He said, I have the spirit of God, the gods on me, because I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So many people, when they get successful, who's the first one that they forget about? God. Now, I'm not saying that they literally forget, like, they, oh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember who he is. No, because if you look at musicians, you'll see that's the first person they thank. Sometimes those guys, after they make a touchdown, you know, they'll do that, which I love it when they really mean it. But hold on. If that album was really about God, why don't they sing about God? Looks like they forgot because some of them, like, you know, Whitney Houston, Beyonce, a lot of them started off in church choirs. Jessica Simpson, her dad was a pastor. She sang in his, her church. Then when she made it, they just forgot the church. He retired as a pastor and became her manager. Now you don't even hear her talk about God. You don't hear that man that was once a pastor ever mention Jesus Christ. So what do you learn? When your dreams begin to come true, because this is the step of it now, because he's going to get success, don't forget about God. I, I can never get over the fact that when people come to this church, some of them are broke, busted, and disgusted, and they'll come to the prayer meetings, they'll get in the Bible studies, and then God will bless their life, and then the moment they get a job, the moment they get into school, now they say they're too busy to come to the things that got them there. Now they say, I'm too busy to come to church, I'm too busy to do this, I'm too busy to do that. But you weren't too busy when you were in jail. You weren't too busy when your mom was, you know, freaking out, kicking you out the house, young people. Come on. You weren't too busy, adult, when your marriage was falling apart. And then now that everything's coming back together, you got new people in your life, you got new things that you're doing. It's like busyness can come into your life and you're going to make that excuse. Never forget about God. Now. Pharaoh gets his dream interpreted, and then Pharaoh says, I'm going to give Joseph a high position. Everybody say position. He says, I'm going to put him second in charge over all the land. Everybody say position. When God brings you to the position that he purposed for your life, he'll give you wisdom to go with it. So he started off with a dream. People are going to bow down to me. God's going to do great things. He tells the dream. He's persecuted. People make fun of him. He's thrown into a pit. Then in that pit, he's thrown, thrown into slavery. He goes to Potiphar's house. People try to get him off his purpose. People try to get him distracted. Then he goes to prison because he didn't compromise. Now, remember, Joseph has done nothing wrong. And he goes into prison. And he makes other people's dreams come true, even while he's suffering. He then comes to Pharaoh, he gives God the honor, and then God blesses him with position. And what do you learn with position? You need to have wisdom. Okay, so now, using myself as an example, okay, now we have 32 churches. Well, what do we do with them? How do I pastor them? Now you are on the beat. You graduated 
from the academy. How do you become the best policeman? Now you've gone to university or you're going to be starting your first year of college. How do you do that with excellence? You see, as those dreams begin to come true in your life and you begin to have the position of those dreams and you haven't forgot about God, now you need to rely upon God for his wisdom and all that you're doing. And what happens in Joseph's life is that they find out God, through the dream is that there's going to be seven years of famine and seven years of blessing. But the seven years of blessing are going to come first. And so God gives Joseph wisdom and he says, Okay, this is what we do. We save all of our food, all of our wheat, all of these things during the seven years of blessing. So when the seven years of famine come, we'll be hooked up. Everybody say wisdom. So as you begin to live out places of your dream and your purpose in that position, you need to begin to ask God and say, okay, God, how do I do this? Some of you are writing down. Let's say young people right now, you're writing down, I want to have a family. Well, all those that have a family now, I can tell you when you get there, you need wisdom. See, all of you saying right now, I want to have a career. You need to have wisdom. Now those of you that have careers and you want to advance or you want to do more and you want to do more for God, when you get to those places, you're going to need to have wisdom. Now watch this right here. In that position, he now is put in charge of all of the food of Israel, and then the famine comes those last seven years, and guess whose family is affected by the famine? Joseph's family. And now guess where Joseph's family have to come to get grain? To Egypt. And guess who has a position in Egypt? Joseph. Which brings me to the last thing, is that you need to now know your purpose. You got position, and now you need to know the final, final purpose. Is that the dream wasn't about you the whole time. The dream about you getting somewhere and doing something was really all along to help others because God wants you to be blessed, to be a blessing. And what happens now? Joseph is a grown man. Some people estimate it's been about 21 years. 21 years. Oh, let me say it like this. 21 years before he even got to his position. Then he had the seven years of famine. So you're talking like that's about 28 years. and the young, He was probably a young man, about 13 so right now he's in his 30s, okay? And his brothers come to buy grain, and guess what they do? They bow down before him because that was the honorable thing to do. And there's the fulfillment right there. Bam. He's a 30-year-old man. He recognizes his brothers, but his brothers don't recognize him. Now think to yourself, if you were thrown into a pit and into slavery by your brothers, and now, 21 years later, you have the ability to now hold the fate of their life in your hand. Wouldn't it be tempting to have a little payback, a little revenge? Now, think about every one of you as you accomplish your dreams, that there's going to be people that are going to try to hold you back. There's going to be people that are going to persecute you. But you need to forgive them. There's people right now that are coming up to me, patting me on the back, going, oh, you're doing pretty good. We're, we're actually kind of happy with you. Where four years ago, they didn't like me at all. But i got to forgive them. And then now, what's my point? Now i got to help them. You see, because Joseph begins to help his brothers, he begins to give them grain, and he gives it to them. And eventually, if you follow the story, his whole family comes, and they bow down before him, pay him respect, the dream is fulfilled. The people, 
of Israel, the people of Jacob, his family, move into Egypt. And then the Bible says all of this was done so that Joseph could spare the people of Israel that they would have a place to live. The whole purpose, the whole, everybody say purpose, the whole purpose of the pit for Potiphar, prison, the position, the whole purpose was so that the dream might help people. You see, when you have a dream, you need to know that the end goal of that dream is to help people. Because Jesus said you're going to love God and you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. So you wrote at the very beginning, and and look, man, our time is up. Look how fast it went by. Wasn't that fun, though? Amen. You got to go over this story now and read it and begin to see the things that I'm sharing. I wish I could just talk about this for three hours, but I wanted to get through it. You are leaders. You are here to be trained in this church to be leaders, and you will be leaders in the world. And you need a dream. One of the famous people had a dream, Martin Luther King. I have a dream. Did everybody love him for his dream? No. He went through some of the most similar things. He was persecuted for his dream. He was thrown into a pit. And what was his dream all about? It was all about helping people. It first started off with just himself. He just knew that his family, his community needed more. And then now, you know, Latin Americans, all these other nationalities are all benefited because of what he did for his own people. And you see, you have dreams. You have visions. And if you don't, you need to get them because life is not fun without them. Amen? I mean, if you don't have a dream and all you're doing is working at Walmart, life is going to get boring really quick. But if you have a dream when you're working at Walmart, if you have a purpose, then you can see, well, man, this is just someplace I'm passing through. And there's a lot of lessons you can find in here. Some of them, you know, Joseph never let, it, never let his position in life dictate his identity. So when he was in a, in a slave position, he never thought of himself as a slave. He was always a child of God, actually a prince of Israel. Are you with me? So sometimes, you know, you may be passing through the hen house, but you're still an eagle. Amen? And and hens, they just walk around in their poop all day, and they smell little chickens and all that. You know what I'm talking about? If you've ever been on a farm, just trust me. The hen house is a stinky little place. And and eagles soar up top where nobody else goes, no other birds go. They're on these high mountain peaks. Well, sometimes that eagle, you might have to walk through a little hen house or two. But that doesn't mean you're going to stay there. So never let your position dictate your identity. Because who Joseph was the day he got that dream is who everybody found out he was 21 years later. But that's who he always was. We are a church of 100,000 with 50 churches, 500 around the world. Other people are going to figure that out later. But that's who we are right now. Amen? You are a youth pastor reaching hundreds and thousands of youth and touching lives, Adolfo. Other people are going to figure that out at another time, but that's who you are now. You are, Belle, a wife and a mother and a successful woman of God, all of that. And all people may realize that later, but that's who you are now because that's who God made you to be. That's a dream. So when God gives us a dream, he sees all of this process. Everybody say the process. Coming up with all these P words today. He sees the whole process. From the pit to your position, and he says, I'm going to take care of it all. And it's for the blessing of other people. So I just wanted to encourage you with that today. And I want us to pray today 
that dreams are going to start coming true in this place. And I know that our median age, because we figured it out, we figured out like our median age, I think, is 24 in this church. And that's, that's kind of young. But I would rather, like I said, have a young on fire church than an old dead church. Amen. So I want to say to a lot of you guys here that are 24, around that age, a little bit younger, a little bit older, you got your whole life. There is nobody here that can say, I don't have a dream or there's nothing I should dream about. Come on. Find what God wants you to do for these years of your life. Like I look at it already, man, like I have about a good 50 years in me. When I started this church, I said, Lord, I think I can go to 80 doing one thing. So I got 50 years to do one thing. What do you want me to do? And then that's where he gave me the vision, the dream. Now, that's our dream, 100,000, 5,500. That's what he said. You're doing that for the next 50 years. That's your, that's your purpose. That's your, your dream. There it is. So you're going to go through processes. And like I said, every one of you have those different types of dreams. And especially in the church, we share the same dreams. You know, like, yeah, I want you might be saying, Pastor, I want that too. But then you have private and personal dreams, you know, just like, my wife and I, we would like to do these things together. We would like to have this type of a family. We want a big family. That's a dream, okay? And there's people that persecute that dream. But we're not going to let nobody take it from us, amen? Let's all stand up together. What are your dreams? What are the things in your heart? You know, like that credit card commercial, what's in your wallet? You remember that? That's kind of old now, but you, you guys remember, how many remember what's in your wallet? I want to ask you a question today. What's in your heart? Rachel, would you come up here, please? We're just going to close out in prayer. We're going to pray for the next five minutes. If you want to make your way around this altar, you can. You can pray however you would like, but we're just going to close out in prayer. Father God, you brought people to this ministry to be leaders, Father God. And, Lord, when I was preparing for this Sunday school, you put in my heart, Lord, the the life of Joseph. And you showed me, as my name is Joseph, that, God, through my life, I've gone through so many pits and prisons. But, Father God, you've never left me. And, God, I know I'm probably just somewhere in the pit and the prison right now, God, in so many things still waiting for some positions to come through. But God, I know I'm not alone in this room because, God, you put that word in my heart to share with your people that, Lord, that they would not give up on their dreams. So, Lord, I pray today out of this message that you'll bring encouragement to everyone with the dream that you've given them. Now, right now, right where you are, just begin to pray. And if you don't have a dream or a vision, just say, God, give one to me. Just say, Lord, give me a dream. Give me your dreams. What do you want me to do in life? What do you want me to do in this ministry? Jesus. Come on, Lord. I could think of an easy way to do it as you're just praying. Keep praying. You could say, Lord, what's a dream for my family? What should my family be? What's a dream for my church? What should I do in the ministry? How many people's lives can I reach in my lifetime? And what's a dream for my career, my job? Those are three areas you could just say, Lord, come on. I want to have a vision here. 
Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give you a few more moments, and I'm just going to start praying for those of you who might feel like you're going through some tough times, holding on to your dream. But I want to make sure that some of you just talk to the Lord right now in this place. Lord, give us your dream. Give us your vision. Hallelujah, Lord, we don't want to give up on what you told us we could do. No matter who turns their back on us, no matter the trials that we face, we won't compromise. Jesus. Now, some of you who just feel like you're going through a hard time fulfilling the dream, going through a hard time with the vision, just raise up your hands and say, Lord, give me strength. Encourage me. Maybe you're in college right now and you're going through your midterms, getting ready for your finals this year, and it's getting hard. Just say, God, just give me strength. I want to do the things you told me to do in my career. Maybe some of the SUM students for ministry, you're, you're having a hard time juggling everything. Just say, Lord, give me strength. I want to depend on you. Maybe today you're starting your family and you're having to babysit and juggle all these things together and do work and family. And it's getting hard. Come on, just say, Lord, I need your strength. Don't forget why you're doing it. You started a family with a dream. You started a family that you wanted your children to be blessed. You wanted them to have more than that you had. Come on, don't give up on that dream. Jesus. We're just going to sing this song in closing. Hungry I come to you because I know you satisfy I am empty, but I know that your love does not run dry. So I wait. I wait for you. I'm falling on my knees, offering all of me. Come on, let's just sing this together today. Jesus, the song of a dreamer today. Come on, he satisfies in the pit. He satisfies in the prison. In Potiphar's house, in our struggles, it's all about Him. It's always good with Him. We need the secret of happiness, and that's God. That's the secret. It's just finding God wherever you are and just worshiping. Come on, be filled by Him today. Jesus, only you satisfy, Lord. So I wait for you. Come on, you got to wait for God. Your dream may not happen in your timing. You just got to wait on God. And just come on singing, I'm falling, Jesus. Offering all of me, all the struggles, all the pain, all the doubt, all the fear. Jesus.